Hi guys, welcome back to the That Girl Guide. If you are new to the That Girl Guide, this podcast is all about just becoming the very best version of yourself, whatever that may look like. My little sister Ellie started the podcast about a year and a half ago, and then she left on a church mission about six months ago, so I have recently stepped in for her and been trying to keep up with all the amazing content and episodes she had previously published. So if you are new, there's different episodes, all of which are different guides to different things. So there's guide to finding your personal style, guide to health and nutrition, guide to habits, guide to growth. And then last week we did an episode that was on a guide to saying no, which was actually with my dad. And I got a ton of positive feedback about the episode and everybody really liked it. And they also liked my dad, which I knew you guys would, cause I also love my dad and I think that he's the best and so smart and I'm so grateful and lucky to have him as my dad. So um, it took a lot of convincing to originally get my dad on here, but I was sharing with him the positive feedback and I begged him to do another episode with me and I let him choose the topic. So I posted this to the That Girl Guide Instagram um, and kind of let you guys you know, send in questions, which we'll get to at the end. And then also like help me name the title. Um, and again, if you're new here, follow that, the, that girl guide on Instagram. I'm always reading the DMS and taking, um, suggestions of what episodes you guys want to see next and doing polls on what we make these episodes on. So be sure to follow that. And if you're been here a while, you're probably already following. So thank you for being here. Thank you for following and so grateful for you guys. So I am going to do this episode with my dad, which I'm super excited about. He wants to do it on like a guide to knowing yourself or knowing who you are. Um, I feel like I don't know a ton on the topic, so I'm really just going to ask him questions and get his um, advice and feedback and wisdom. And that was something that a few people had messaged me about after listening. And they said, like, you're so lucky to have your dad's wisdom in your life. And I really agree and um, feel grateful. I know I already said that, that I get to have my dad as my dad and my mom. And I say, I said that last week too. And I wish my mom would come on here because I think she's great and also has a lot of wisdom. Um, so maybe you guys write in to convince my mom to do an episode with me, but I feel very, very grateful. And I think families are just amazing. And I feel grateful to have my family and Anyways, now I'm just like talking about how great families are, but excited for this episode, excited to have my dad on again and excited you guys loved last week's episode. So if you haven't already listened to Guide to Saying No, I think that might be one of our most popular episodes yet. And my little sister um, told me that she only listened to episodes with other people and she doesn't like when I just do episodes by myself. So that's made me insecure and feel like I always need to have someone else anyways. So anyways, going to jump into this week's episode and thank you guys again if you're new here um, for finding us. And if you've been here a while, thank you for being here. Last thing before we start the actual episode, I do want to clarify that the sister that told me that she only listens to episodes with other people is a different little sister that started the podcast. So I do have four sisters, all of whom I love. Um, three of them are my little sisters. And then I have one older sister. So just in case you guys were confused, those are different sisters that started the podcast. And that also said she likes episodes with other people. 
And I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. So like I said, message in on the That Girl Guide if you like other people on or other topics and advice. Okay. And always leave a review rating only if it's nice. Um, okay. Thank you. And excited to start this episode. Okay. Hey dad, welcome back to the That Girl Guide. Thanks for joining for another episode this week. Happy to be here. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I don't know a ton about this topic. So I'm just going to be asking you dad a lot of questions. Um, I'm going to first start by saying that I know you're really passionate about understanding one's identity because you've talked about it a lot. Um, but can you tell everyone, myself included, why that is? I just think there's some really simple truths about who we are and who we are not that, is, that are misunderstood and not really well appreciated and that not understanding them leads to a lot of really bad decisions. Totally. And I will say this is another topic that I feel like I haven't heard a lot of other people talk about. So I was excited to talk about this. Okay. So can we start with what are those truths? And then maybe later we get into what are those bad decisions that it could potentially lead to? I think there are two truths that people don't really double click on that, that are important to always understand. The first one is you are not your body. Interesting. Simple, but really important statement. You are not your body. The second one is the voice in your head is not you. Also a simple, but really important principle and truth. Okay, so to repeat those, you are not your body and the voice is in your head. The voice in your head is not you. Those are the two truths you're referring to? Yep. And what, what does that even mean? Well, uh, let me take those in reverse order and talk about the voice in your head one first. Okay. I was in a meeting or discussion several years ago with a, an author of a book called Solve Happy. And he was a, uh, an executive at Google, I think, kind of a, had a very interesting background. I think he was Egyptian by upbringing and really well-educated was a head of Google X, which is kind of their development. Google what? Google X, which oh. was their development, kind of non-core business, but where they had a lot of innovation going on. So a very creative thinker. And uh, was Solve Happy, I assume, a book about solving to be happy? Yeah, he's an engineer by training. So he was kind of like, well, let's think about how you develop happiness through the lens of, you know, kind of thinking about it through an engineer's perspective. Okay. Um, and he had had a son pass away that kind of caused him to, I think, ask some existential questions about who we are and where does happiness come from and so forth. Um, and in the course of the conversation, he asked everybody in the room, he said, raise your hand if you think the voice in your head is you. And the audience was very quizzical. Look, Define quizzical. It's like kind of confused, okay. curious, and looking around and kind of not sure whether they should raise their hand or not. I wasn't sure whether I should raise my hand. I was like, well, I, I don't know. He's like... So did you raise your hand or not? Uh, I think I chose not to, which okay. turned out to be the quote-unquote correct answer. Oh, look at you. But his point was, he said, I'm speaking to you now. And if you're hearing my voice, by definition, it's not you. And he got into this sort of subject-object point that... If you hear a voice, it's by definition something else. Interesting. And so in a relationship, there's two people, two voices. 
if you're hearing a voice in your head, it doesn't mean it's a, it's just not you. It could be a influence, a bad voice or a virtuous voice. Mm-hmm. But like those, the angel and devil on your like shoulders. Like the proverbial angel and devil on your shoulders. And, mm-hmm. and he kind of brought that up. He said, you know, there's that simple characterization, but he said that there's a lot of truth to that. We are acted upon by all sorts of influences. Per and your conversation last week on saying no. Yeah, exactly. I'm needing to decipher it between So things are coming at you all the time and kind of de- realizing that whatever those things are, whether they're sort of quote-unquote internal voices, external voices, you, you have an agency or a responsibility to make choices and whether to act on those voices, but the voices aren't you. So the people who are saying, I'm going to follow my inner, you know, whatever, speaking to me internally, that can get you in a lot of trouble. Interesting. Uh, and so we have to be very thoughtful about saying, where is this voice or influence or uh, motivation or push or noise coming, coming from? from. And if we don't do that, we can be in trouble. So this, this voice is not, the voice in your head is not you, it's just an important thing for us to disassociate from our body and say, wait a minute, I have to take some ownership here on what voices I'm gonna to listen to and not listen to. Interesting, so I wanna circle back to the very beginning of that question, because I feel like that's what, when you first said your the voice in your head is not you, I was like, yes it is. <laughs> um, but the question that he asked the audience was what again is the is the voice in your head you but then he said you know i'm talking to you right so how could that be the voice right well he said it's his point was anytime you're hearing a voice by definition it's not you right because it's a another entity or being or feeling totally that then you have to decide whether you want to listen to so whether it's my voice or quote unquote voice in your head or whatever they are influences, so again, as you said, the devil or the angel on your shoulder, but even those aren't your voices. Those are outside influences. You have to choose how to listen to all those things. Interesting. So do you have a voice? No. The voice in your head is you always... You have a decision and a responsibility to act or not act on other voices. Interesting. You can have an authentic self. You can have an authentic point of view. You can have an authentic response, but you are... You need to decide if you're the actor or being acted upon, if that makes sense. Got it. So the first truth in finding yourself or knowing who you are is the concept that the voice in your head is not you. Correct. And filtering through those thoughts. Yeah. And then the second one was you are not your body, which also when you really break it down makes sense, but I don't think people think about yeah, I don't, that way. I don't think I've broken it down. I don't really exactly know what that means. Well, so if you think about it in the sense of, I mean, let's just play around with the idea for a minute. If you are your body, when you're, if you've gained 20% more weight, are you 20% more of yourself? Interesting. If you... Lost 20% of your weight, you're not 20% less of yourself. If you having you know a temporary scrape on your face is the new you now you know misfigured you know no none of these things change who you are and yet they are physical manifestations of something different in your body the same thing is are you when your body is 80 years old is that a different you than when you were 30 years old 
the you is independent of how that body ages or but one could one could argue at 80 years old you are a different you than when you're 30 hopefully you've nourished your soul or your spirit or whatever term you want to use for it in a way that does grow and becomes wiser Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily weaker or skinnier or fatter or less able i would argue that somebody at 60 might have a lot of great wisdom but their body isn't in their prime, even right. though their soul or spirit might be more in their prime. So to separate your body and your soul or your spirit, I think, is, an, is a really important element to understand. And when you understand it, it changes how you think about your behaviors in the sense that we can choose whether to respond to physical instincts. Whether we choose to eat, we can get hangry if we're you know not if we haven't eaten much. Mm-hmm. We can have uh, sexual desires. Those are things that don't define us. How we dis- respond to them define us. So to again separate your spirit and your body is an important thing to do because then you can say, well, wait a minute. If I just did everything that my body wanted to do, you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. Interesting, right? I mean, your body may want to respond a lot of different ways that it shouldn't. So you, you kind of have to separate your spirit or your soul from your body to be effective and know who you really are. And of course, a lot of people overweight what they look like. You know, if you got a, you know, if a woman got cosmetic surgery or something, does that you now a different you? Not really, right? Your body yeah. changed, but is your spirit or soul different? No. But maybe your spirit or soul feels more confident, so your soul's different. I have a phrase you've heard often, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. I certainly recognize that, and and as you know, I love exercise, and I do think we need to take care of our body. But I think exercising is almost good for the soul to separate the body. 100%. Like, I don't think working out is even, well, personal belief, like, working out isn't necessarily for your outward appearance. For me, it's more of like a for your brain, for yeah. my brain and my soul and my but energy. It, but and even the way you just phrased it is, doing it, choosing to do that, is a choice that then makes your spirit and your soul and your body all feel together. But being able to recognize what it does for you mm-hmm. and respond to it is in and of itself the point. Disassociating your body and your spirit is an important intellectual tool to be able to make those kind of choices that you say, okay, now I know when exercise, I'm doing it for the goodness of my body and my spirit right? or my soul. It's benefiting both. I I like what you said at the very beginning that also helped me like register this thought that you're not your body is that if you gain or lose or have a scrape on your face or a sunburn or something like that is you're not, you know, 20% better or greater or less than or if you do have like a scrape on your face you're not like wounded or hurt like you might be physically wounded or hurt where and I think the contrary is also true like you could be going through something really hard that people don't know about in your soul or in your personal life that like the the outside world might not see yeah you could have a wounded spirit wounded soul and your body could be fine yeah that's another great point if your soul or spirit's wounded through a bad choice of you or others or a tragedy is your body different no not necessarily so again that point that's a very good example 
alternative example of why it's important to understand these two things are separate. Interesting. And, and if you think about it from a philosophical or faith perspective, and, and you can look at it through every lens, but even, let's just forget religion for a minute. If you ask yourself, okay, what's the difference between a body that is alive one minute and dead the next? Let's say somebody died their body composition probably didn't change the minute before they were dead or the minute after they were dead. Their body True. composition is the same. It's the same mass of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to weigh roughly the same. It's got you know the same components in it. So your body didn't change, mm-hmm. and yet the you is now gone, right? I mean, yeah. It, it doesn't the exist. The self, so the soul. The soul's gone. The, somewhere... Your body and your spirit or soul separate. So even if you don't believe in an afterlife, you can't dispute the fact that the physical nature of your body, right before death and right after death, is unchanged. Basically, yeah. It can start decomposing then and gets different, mm-hmm. but that just that points out that the temporal nature of our body is in fact temporal. It's temporary. It is here for a season. It will decompose it's just a vessel so you reside inside a vessel interesting you dwell in a body it's mm-hmm. a temporary place for your soul to dwell yeah if you think about it like in the eastern religions mm-hmm. who might believe in reincarnation their spirit or their soul might have a different manifestation in, right you know an animal or a bird the next life yeah so the soul takes on a different physical manifestation so this idea that our soul and spirit are very separate from our body isn't, isn't I think, is a widespread belief or understanding, it, but people really don't apply it and understand it day to day. Right. Okay. So I was so excited to have you on the podcast, and I was like, any topic you want. So when you first brought this up, I was like, I don't even know what this means. I don't, I don't know like what exactly we'll be talking about. But now that we're getting into it, and I feel like it is honestly a very deep topic that I haven't heard other people talking about and feel like it's really interesting and insightful. So I want to hear what your, so the title of this will probably be like guide to knowing yourself and the, you know, most important key takeaways are that one, you are not your body and that two, the voice in your head is not you. So if I want to know myself and I now understand these two truths that I am not my body the voice in my head is not me. How can I implement that? How does that help me? What's the insights from those learnings? Well, I think there's a couple practical applications if that's what you're trying to get to. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> let's take the you're not your body and, and make sure that you disassociate, as we've said, between your spirit and your body. I think that helps with a few things so one you know in a world that's highly objectifying of bodies and with a lot of sexualization of uh, bodies I think it's important to recognize okay if if my body is its own thing my body might have a desire or a sexual urge that I don't necessarily have to give into because that's my body speaking mm-hmm. what is my spirit and my soul what say about that Mm -hmm. and of course there are times to you know 
merge those things so that they're in harmony and your spirit and your soul and your body uh, all work together. And because and sometimes they do work in tandem. Of course. Like I, the and, working well, out example I shared. And and in a situation, and there are appropriate times to have intimacy, but. If you just let your body respond to every time it thought about it, that's probably not a good way to live your life. And so for your out, soul, I would for say for your soul, right? Yeah. So if you're if you make sure that your body is only acknowledging and and following up on physical intimacy urges when it's aligned with your spirit and your soul, now you've got beauty and I would say something sacred. If it's only your body sort of responding to it and it's not really in alignment with your spirit and your soul, now there's tragedy that can come from that. Mm -hmm. And so you can take something that when it's all works together, body and spirit, that's beautiful and sacred, but if you separate them, it can cause tragedy. I think that important understanding of disassociating spirit and, and body there so that you can make smart choices and be thoughtful about it is, is hopefully a practical application. Yeah. I, but I think that applies to more than just that though. I feel like they're like, I use the working out example. I even mm -hmm. think like food and hunger is a good example that 100%. like recently, like I want Cheez-Its, but my soul does not feel good with Cheez-Its, you know, and like nourishing it with like foods makes my soul happier, feel better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's more disassociations between your soul and your body. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I chose intimacy, but I, I, I would have my next one would have been food. Yeah, hundred percent agree. If we just instinctively reach for whatever food's easy or you know potentially bad for us, that doesn't align with our spirit and our soul. It doesn't make us feel as good long term. Actually, makes our body worse. But it, that's again by disassociating those things. Yeah. I think it allows us to make better choices on the food front, which is a obviously a big problem. Yeah. And, and I would say too, like knowing that you're not your body, I do feel like most girls, if not all girls do feel insecure about their bodies at some point, but knowing that like you are not your body, like that's not the most important thing and nourishing your soul by like educating yourself or learning or working out because you feel like physically strong and emotionally strong, you know, I feel like it's an important concept at least to me and listening to you and like knowing who you are or knowing yourself and knowing that I'm not my body and instead like to nourish and build my soul you know spiritually emotionally whatever that looks like yeah I, I agree with all that and, and as you've I think rightly pointed out disassociating our spirit and our body or our soul and our body doesn't mean that we're not valuing the body because the body is a great gift yeah and we do need the to body is to your point, like the vessel to live and to right. do all the things that we can do. And we just need to be careful that it doesn't define us yeah. and be careful that our urges are aligned with our soul Yeah. so that we're getting the best out of both. Yeah. I like the quote, like it's good for your soul, you know, like good friends or good activity or something wholesome, like your body and your soul are different. Okay. So the first truth is you are not your body. And the second truth is the voice in your head is not you. So what would you say like the tangible takeaway from this episode would be on the second truth of the voice in your head is not you and how that can help? Well, so <clears throat> maybe there's some linkages to last week's episode on saying no, but maybe one of the analogies that, that I think about that's sometimes helpful is, you know, we're in a world where 
all these things come at us and we have to make choices. And I said, we need to learn to say no last week, but setting that aside, maybe the analogy of being on a phone or a screen where we slide through a series of photos or things that come at us or Instagram reels that get served to us or TikTok videos that come to us, we can choose to double click on some of those or not, obviously in that setting. And we, got to, we need to be careful about where we choose to double click or swipe or click on. The same thing is, and, and that whole idea I think happens to us forgetting the screens, but just with ideas and feelings. So feelings are gonna to come to us. Feelings of love, feelings of anger, feelings of or love and hate or anger and happiness or you know, all these emotions. Excitement, sadness. Those feelings when they come to us don't have to define us when they come. We can choose how to interact with those feelings and by knowing that the voices in your head are not you, that allows us to take ownership and accountability to say, okay, I'm gonna let this idea get hold. This idea, I am not, right? And, and so it's important for us to get good at saying what's gonna come in and what we don't wanna come into our minds. And sifting through the voice, the voices in your head and acknowledging where this voice may be coming from. And, it, and it, this is actually linked to last week's episode because if you get good at saying no to all the crap that's coming at you, effectively that is being able to say, hey, the voices that are coming at me aren't, aren't me. Like mm -hmm. I can choose to let good voices in and choose to let bad voices not come in. But again, recognizing that just because a feeling comes up in your mind doesn't mean it's you, yours or it's virtuous mm -hmm. or it's worth acting upon. In fact, many of them aren't. Yeah. So, what if when people say like they have like a gut feeling about something or like is that, how would you sift through that? Or I, I think that's dangerous because... Because I feel like I've had like feelings about stuff. I don't well, know. The, the, the issue is gut feelings can cut both ways, right? So yeah. sometimes people's gut instinct is to punch somebody or, yeah. or to go do something they shouldn't do. But sometimes their gut instincts are virtuous instincts. So yeah. I don't think gut instincts are right or wrong. Right. It, how we, we just have to have a filter that supersedes whatever's coming in. Yeah, that's true. So you can have, you people do have gut instincts. They do have like voices in their of head, course. the angel devil, but it's just sifting through. Is that like a positive gut instinct? Is that a positive voice or is that a negative voice? Absolutely. A lot of the stuff that comes in, we do want to act on and embrace Yeah. and build and feed, but you just got to be careful yeah. that you know which ones you're feeding and which ones you're not. Yeah. I want to jump into questions. So I'll ask this like last question though on... Um, the voice in your head is not you. How do you sift through? Because we said you need to sift through if it's like virtuous and good or if it's bad and negative. Someone that is having a voice, but they can't quite sift. Like, is this a good voice? Is this a bad voice? Like, maybe it could be a good thing or a bad thing. Do you have any advice or thoughts? I know that's a little bit different than the guide to knowing you episode, but someone that's kind of struggling between like understanding if the voice is good or bad. And the potential impacts of it. Yeah, I mean, when I think about that, and this, you know, not everybody has different methods. My personal answer to that is, if I'm unsure about 
whether a feeling or a voice coming at me is one to nurture or one to reject. And I'm, and, and usually these are decisions between good, better, best. The good, the good, bad ones are pretty straightforward. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you can have something that isn't on the face of it bad, but it may not be right for you, or right timing for you, or right situation. And in those situations, you know, my my go-to's are, are prayer, meditation, uh, counseling with people that I trust. Yeah. And you know, I guess the sad news is some people don't feel like they have people they can trust in their lives, maybe. And maybe some people don't feel like they have a, you know, trust-based relationship with a deity or a faith of some sort. So I don't know. You know, th those are my two ways yeah. to, to deal with it. Um, but I'm not, you know, and I would hope everybody can develop. One or both of those. One or both of those. Yeah, yeah whatever that looks uh, like. One, one last thing before we, we jump to some questions. You know, I, I mentioned this disassociating your body with yourself or your soul and how I mentioned Eastern religions and reincarnation. If you think about even a lot of the, you know, I lived in Korea for a couple of years and, and there's a lot of Buddhists there and I've been in Asian areas where there's, you know, these religions that really emphasize um, meditation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes back to not letting your bodies define who you are. Yeah. I and mean, even in those those Eastern religions are about separating that. Yeah. And really finding your soul and not letting your body. I mean, as you know, the whole a lot of the Buddhist monk issue is kind of rejecting some of the physical manifestations of life and finding your soul. So whatever philosophies or faiths people believe, there's a lot of commonalities, whether they're Eastern religions or Judeo-Christian religions and Western religions. All of them really emphasize this idea that our bodies and our spirit or soul are different. And yeah. we, we need to acknowledge that. And the Judeo-Christians go a step further and would say, you know, they use phraseology of having a father in heaven mm -hmm. or heavenly parents, which would imply, if they are truly our parents, that we have sort of this divine nature that is inherent in us. Mm -hmm. And if we believe that about our souls and our bodies, mm -hmm. that also changes how you think about them and act upon them. Yeah. There's tons of references to being inheriting what, you know, that Heavenly Father has, or being heirs, mm -hmm. meaning to being an heir of a, uh, a state or something that you would inherit. Mm -hmm. And so that whole idea of disassociating your body and your mind isn't just... Drew's, you know, true. I, I think it's embedded in religions across the world, or even not just religions, but just you know, philosophies. Yeah. Well, world. to your point, that whether you believe in an afterlife or not, when you die, your soul is obviously no longer there. So the separation between your body and soul is important. Um, so in summary, the two truths that we talked about were that you are not your body, and the voice in your head is not you. And if you want to know yourself or understand yourself, understanding those truths will help you. Um, kind of sift through that. Okay. We will do a speed round of questions. Okay. Since it's a speed round, I'm just going to combine just two of the questions that were submitted. And the first one is how do you make sure you don't become the people you interact with? And the second one is I can't show my feelings. I don't feel comfortable with that. Is that okay? Also say hi to your dad. He's cool. And I totally agree with the last statement. Do you have answers to those questions or well, thoughts? On the first one about how do you not become like the people you're interacting with? Um, 
I have sort of two thoughts. One is hopefully if you understand these other principles we've talked about today, that'll, that gives you a little more confidence with yourself. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I would say is a lot of times you do become who you're around. So yeah. if, if you're not sure you want to become those people, maybe you don't associate want with them. to find some different people. Because what's mean, the, you become the composite of the five people, five people you spend yeah. most time with. And, and so just going to hang out with you a lot. So uh, I'll become smart and cool too. You know, I think that's a big issue, right? I mean, I look around and thankfully I've got friends and I'm thinking, well, uh, these guys are fantastic and, and I have a spouse who's great. So if I become more like them, that's probably net positive. So I do think there's an important message. You want to be around people you would actually like to be more like. That doesn't mean on every dimension, of course, but you should be able to say, these people have these traits and I'd really like to, you know, emulate them. Um, so I think there's some danger if you're hanging around people that you really don't want to be like, then that's probably a, maybe a red flag. Uh, and again, uh, hopefully people get grounded on some of the basic truths so that if they are around people that aren't ideal, that they can kind of create their own version of the world. Yeah. Love that. Um, well, sorry, we are out of time, but thank you guys so much for submitting all of your questions. And I know we didn't get to a lot. So if you have any, you want us to answer, just message the that girl guide on Instagram and I will try and respond or get my dad to respond for me. Um, if you want his answer and appreciate you listening to today's episode. Thanks for being here, dad. You bet. Thanks can everybody. I, can I get you on around three? We'll see. Don't push <laughs> your luck. <laughs> Bye guys.